This is Gilbert Godfrey, and I listen to the One Up Gaming Podcast. And if you don't, go fuck yourself. OUG Talks, yeah, OUG Talks. News in chat that really rocks. It's OUG Talks, yeah, OUG Talks. And we're live, it's 1UP Gaming, it's OUG Talks, it's me David, and I've got Chris. Hey, how you going guys? And this week we have got a special guest, so first of all, if you just want to introduce yourself and say what do you do, please. Yeah, hi, um, my name is Matthias, and I'm one of the four founders of um, the young indie pendant studio uh, Gently Mad, and we made in between, yeah. <laughs> so the game itself... It's fairly new on Steam. What has the reaction been like to the Steam reviews, the user reviews? Has it been positive? Yeah, um, I mean, the Steam reviews, they're extremely positive. Um, so we are, we are quite a bit overwhelmed because the response is very, uh, very emotional and, uh, yeah, very, very positive, actually. Um, it's, it's a little bit different with the, with the press. <laughs> Because they're uh, receiving us, I think, on another level. But um, the user reviews—they're really, uh, they're really, uh, yeah, uplifting for us. I would say. Are you guys not too happy with the the press reviews in general? Um, no, I mean uh, that's not really a problem for us. I mean, uh, and they they all make their points. And uh, but uh, what I wanted to point out is that. It's really not what we anticipated in the Steam reviews that they were, they were so positive and so uh, uh, there were really like really emotional responses to our game. Yeah, well, I mean, was really I, I was, a I was big uh, impact. I was, yeah, no, definitely. I was I was quite surprised myself. Uh, kind of had a very different feeling, like walking into it and then walking away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, th- I think you guys probably like you probably connected with a lot of people. It was actually it was quite a powerful game in my opinion. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, was this your first game that you, your studios created? Yeah, actually it is. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, the project, it started, um, I think, back in 2012. And it, mm-hmm. it was, uh, by that time, it was um, uh, in the form of a prototype and it was a bachelor thesis um, that one of our co-founders, uh, Daniel, did. And it was made in Flash, <laughs> <laughs> and then we started. Um, yeah, we, we reported it to Unity, and um, it was pretty funny because we were like a band of students, and we worked together on several projects. And then, uh, then one time after our bachelor, everyone had his bachelor's, and uh, except Wolfgang, who also already had his master's degree. Um, and then he came by and he showed us this prototype and we were all very amazed by it and very intrigued by this idea to have this very unconventional mixture between this very serious topic and this challenging gameplay. And then we said, let's do this. Let's just come together and make a full game out of it. And that's how it all started, actually. <laughs> yeah. So so none of you guys then had, uh, have worked for any other studios, any kind of larger development teams? Like you were just... You straight out came out of uni. This was your this was your first idea. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
So, I mean, we had worked together on several um, projects, gaming projects, um, while we were studying, but uh, we were not like professionals who worked on big companies or something like that. Yeah, no. So, as a kind of, you know, as it's your first time, what was the process of making uh, an independent game like? You know, like, what would you say were kind of some things maybe you didn't expect, some kind of really hard hurdles that you went through? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the hard hurdles. Um, well, overall, I mean, we were just a bunch of guys, uh, mainly four, <laughs> Uh, who came together and wanted to make this game and it was really uh, I, I mean we, we were not used to any production schedule, we were just doing it on the go so it was pretty chaotic and there were, there were times where uh, we really had to uh, let's say recreate the project from scratch because everything was so everything, everybody was just doing his stuff and so on so we had, we had this point in time where we just started fresh and from then, uh, it all went pretty well, actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest struggle for us was definitely to get into the, the scene, I would say. Um, to get uh, to know the people um, who make, uh, let's say, the important decisions or who can bring your game on the market. Um, uh, that was something that was really challenging for us because we had no, uh, no strings to, to people at that time. Only a few, and so you had to uh, somehow jump into it, into the cold water. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So, you mentioned you had to restart at one point. How how far into the process was that? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, there was this big jump. Um, we were using Unity, or we ported the project from Flash to Unity, uh, which was pretty straightforward. But um, we started. Um, uh, I hope it's not too. Uh, it's not uh, a problem if I'm getting a bit technical. But um, we started with um, Unity four, and in 2012, Unity had no um, tools or no pipeline for uh, 2D projects. So it was simply uh, basically a 3D engine. And then they started making, like, uh, generating thoughts. How could we make uh, the life for our people who are making 2D games better and so on and so on. So they advanced the engine, but we are using tools or we had to write our own tools to make our 2D game. And at the same time, we had to update the engine. And then there was this big jump from Unity 4 to Unity 5. <laughs> and that was the point where, aside from our uh, designers or our artists going rogue and the project was just uh, completely uh, chaotic because he was just he was uh, like uh, pushing his art into the projects and everything was getting chaotic but besides that we felt that everything I mean there was this point in time where everything was broken because it was this big engine update and then we said okay uh, that won't work. Uh, it's it doesn't make sense if you just hack around it. Uh, we have to start fresh, and then we really we just took the assets, took the code, and then we just rewrote everything from from scratch, from scratch, basically, just to make it cleaner and to fit with the new features of Unity. 
Yeah, it sounds like a stressful process. <laughs> yeah, but it was also uh, somehow liberating because uh, you could you had this one chance where you could do undo, where you could undo a lot of mistakes you had made before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, one of the 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 kind of one of the elements that like initially put me off in between uh, just for my personal takes was the art style. Um, mm -hmm. It didn't it didn't quite gel with me initially. Um, I think I I think I read somewhere it was hand drawn, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it yeah it didn't initially click with me, but as I kind of got more into the story, more into the narrative, uh, you know, it eventually grew on me a lot more. So I mean, could you tell us a little bit about that? Like what the process of hand drawing. Um, basically the game is kind of like um, yeah I mean the thing is that we never really um, thought about oh, I'm, maybe I'm making a big jump here but um, wait a second okay so um, the uh, we never really thought about something like a target audience or something. We just wanted to make this really unique mixture um, between, or maybe the blend between this topic of death and um, this challenging gameplay in the form of a puzzle platformer. And so we wanted to really have everything connecting. And that was the reason why the art style, for example, may look a little bland sometimes or very let's say, individual. And uh, the reason behind this is it, we wanted to, to make everything fit together with the, with the whole story and the whole atmosphere of the game. Yeah? So to create like one mixture and not uh, uh, just one style and uh, that, that maybe is interesting to a lot of people or that's, that's, that's uh, resonating with a lot of people it was just like we wanted to create something that would fit for the game and that was the reason why the art style is pretty much as it is yeah, yeah. well I, I think one of the main reasons that the game's resonating with a lot of people uh as we've you know as you've touched on is the story is the narrative and you know i think i came away from in between feeling like it, it felt very genuine the story you were trying to tell it felt like you weren't just trying to tell a story for the sake of telling a story. You were telling a story because you cared. So, I mean, yeah. where, you know, you, you've, you've said that uh, you had an initial member who kind of came up with the concept. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, could you tell us a little bit, like, where did the story come from? Were there influences in you guys' personal lives, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, it started, as I said, with the Bachelor thesis that Daniel did. And the reason um, was that he had experienced a personal loss in his family, and that was like his main motive to bring this topic of death and grief and how you cope with with someone who is who you love who dies uh, into a game. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's something that at some point of time it will uh, you, you have to to to, de to deal with it. This this topic it comes up, but at the same time nobody wants to talk about it and uh, just throw it under the rug or something. And uh, so uh, it was like his main concern that it's actually a topic that's important to talk about. And so the idea was uh, what would be better to make a game out of this topic? Because in a game you have like this power of narration 
like in a movie, for example, but you also have the interactivity so people can experience like their own story and their own feelings. They can create their own feelings, their own emotions much more than, than they can do with like just watching passively a movie or something like that. And so that was like this main motive of the, uh, uh, that we had, that we wanted to follow. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think, I think uh, if there's one thing I can say, you succeeded in that respect because it was, yeah, as I say, and in a fairly short experience, it was a, it was a pretty impactful story. Um, Thank you. But but moving away from the the kind of narrative side of it, uh, you know, as a puzzle game, I'm, I'm curious to know uh, what it's like actually designing puzzles in a game because you've got to have that slow ramp up where you're teaching the player to learn the mechanics, mm-hmm. but you're also wanting to challenge them more as they go on. I mean, what, what is it like actually trying to sit down and come up with these different puzzles, these different labyrinths? Yeah, I mean, it's um, there are different ways to do it. Um, our way was maybe the more classical way. Um, it was mainly the level design. That was mainly um, Daniel and Stefan. And they both, they were just sitting down and concepting some ideas uh, for the levels. And then we would, we had a lot of levels. And then we just choose the levels that worked best for the game or that we thought would work good or in a good way. And then we would start uh, looking at, like, how could we ramp them up? How could we uh, uh, start easy and then go more challenging um, and yeah, I mean that was really it was really a very democratic process because we were just looking and uh, testing out, and it was a lot of stuff. A lot of the um, the order of the levels is, was just done by testing. Yeah. You, so I mean, d- does it start off with you know something as simple as drawing sketches on paper, or do you immediately yeah, jump yeah, in? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, not not always. Sometimes. Uh, Daniel has like this this one idea that he exactly knows how it should work, and then uh, he just straight off goes to the editor and builds it with our two D tools. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, if, especially with the more complex levels, it's it usually really starts with a, with a sketch on paper. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I just write reviews. I mean, it blows my mind how people come up with these puzzle concepts when I'm I'm struggling just to solve them, let alone make them up. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean it, it's pretty interesting because um, at some point of time we were all pretty we were all like pros in our game. Yeah, and so solving the puzzles, especially if it was about uh, and it's something we get criti- criticized a lot for, um, about that that there's a lot of timing involved in in between. So you have to time things, and uh, that puts some people off. And the problem with this is. Well, I think why it is such a big problem is that because for us, the timing was not an issue because we were all already masters of this game. And so uh, that was really hard to test because, uh, yeah, I mean, we had ex- definitely external people who were uh, also, who we also had as testers. But um, initially, that was a pr- big problem <laughs> because yeah, we were just too good at our own game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. It's, uh, but I, you've got to find that fine line between, you know, challenging and just straight up unfair, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I, and I, think, I, I don't think I hit a point uh, when I was writing my review 
where I thought to myself, you know, I played that section and I died just because it wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was I was constantly thinking I was playing parts, and then I actually I, I did have a couple times where I thought, oh, this this sucks. Why can't I get through this? I'm doing everything right, and then I and then I realized I was doing something wrong, and like this epiphany, and you know, I'd solve it, and I you know, I'd feel great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, we wanted to have this challenging gameplay. I mean, it fits the series topic, and if you if you uh, like in the end, if you if you achieve your goal, if you if you um, um, if you made it through the level, um, it's really rewarding, yeah. And yeah, you need definitely. this challenge to to have this rewarding experience because otherwise, uh, it would be just yeah, you would would not have the same response. Yeah. So it was very important for us that the game is and challenging. I, but uh, yeah. I think the, the problem is that um, it's, it's especially with the with the German press, for example. Um, but I mean, there, there's no reason to generalize things. But uh, some of the of the official press they had a problem, and they told us that you made a game that has this uh, it's very much powered in this this uh, narrative so so you you want to express this interesting story and this interesting topic but then you keep us away from the story by having this challenging gameplay and we wanted to have this unique mixture uh, that was something that that we specifically wanted to have that was a decision that we made but uh, the feedback was that uh, there were a lot of people who were just interested in the story, but not so much in the puzzle platformer mechanics. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, that was something we really wanted to have the creative freedom to not having to think about this. So, uh, it's completely fine with us if some people well, I mean, just don't want this mixture. Yeah, no. And I can, I can understand that perspective, but I actually, I disagree with the the kind of idea you're saying that the the German games press were putting forth because I found that the level design in the and the gameplay and the narrative actually worked hand in hand because mm-hmm. you're talking about all these theory um not theories but ideas and concepts of dealing with death and the struggle of uh, grief and as you're going through the process of completing these levels like you're going through what someone would feel like dealing with grief and dealing with death, yeah. you know, the the inner turmoil of not knowing what to do, not knowing how to move forward, feeling like you're stuck in the same place and not able to get through it. I mean, it, it's symbolic of the message of the actual game. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, um, that, was, that was something um, we really wanted. To, so usually in games you have uh, very... Um, that's uh, excluded or isolated um, pillars. You have like this. You have story, which is more, a lot of times just presented in cutscenes, and you have like maybe an overall topic, and then you have the gameplay, and it's like very excluded or very separated. And we really wanted to blend this together. Yeah, for example, with the stages of grief, you have like uh, denial, uh, where you don't. I mean, the topic of denial is. You you don't want to face your fears, yeah. You don't want to your your fates uh, to be true, uh, so you run away from it. And so this is something that we presented with this black wall, which is a gameplay mechanic. And this is like where this are points. These are points where you try to to merge 
story aspects of the game with gameplay mechanics. So that it's really like one thing and it's not uh, so separated from each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I noticed that you've got these five stages of grief and then you've got these five very, I'm pretty sure it's five, you've got these five different gameplay mechanics that are then influencing how you react to the level. So, I mean, like yeah. you mentioned, you have that black curtain that's always following you. Yeah. Um, in your first stage, and then in, I believe it was the anger stage, you had the, the glowing orbs that yeah. uh, you've yeah. got to try and avoid. It. Yeah, I mean, so I, I thought that was brilliant, because, like you say, you're, you're merging that narrative and the gameplay and putting it together, whereas a lot of games yeah. try to tell a story, and then there's either not enough gameplay, or they've nailed the gameplay, but they can't fit the story into it. Yeah. That's... So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll just put out to the for the listeners or the viewers right now um, a spoiler warning, so if you don't want any uh, spoilers for the game, skip forward a couple minutes. Um, but just on the, on the note of that, uh, talking about the gameplay mechanics, I absolutely loved the, the idea in the very final stage mm-hmm. where you were, going, you were going through that loop and yeah. until you realize that you actually had to accept death by doing what you've been taught to not do the entire game, which is fall on the spikes, <laughs> and then you bloody yeah. fall on the spikes, and that's how you beat it. I, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, how did, how did you come up with that? Yeah, you know, I mean, the acceptance stage, um, that was something we, were, we really feared because we had uh, sketched and concepted all the different mechanics, and then we had acceptance, and we really... We thought, okay, how could, how on earth could we find a gameplay mechanic that uh, could fit with this topic of acceptance, and how would that work? And it was like this topic; it was just always on our whiteboard, and it came up again and again, and and then sometime, I think it would it was Stefan who just said, let's. We just make we just make some kind of loop, and the player he has uh, he has somehow to kill himself or something, and uh, that was then the start of um, of of uh, yeah the realization uh, or the implementation of of uh, this last level. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so I it was it was just yeah. Was, I think yeah, it really fit. I mean, we were like at, at first when when uh, this idea came up, we thought, nah, it, it's so different from the rest. But then we thought it's actually that's the key that it's different because you need like really an expressive ending, and it was it was exactly that. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, David, is there anything you want to kind of add in here? I mean, the only thing I was wondering is, um, the game, is it the same game that's available for, like, mobile devices? Um, nearly. It's not exactly the same. For mobile devices, um, um, and because of the the controls that are not not that tight, like if you have a keyboard or uh, a a gamepad, it's, like, the controls are better, and on mobile they're not that tight. So um, we had to change uh, the layout of uh, different levels. So it's it's so that it's still playable there. That's that still feels good in these cases. 
Yeah. But other than that, it's uh, the same content. And from what I can see, it looks as though the game for the mobile came out the end of last year. Yeah. So was that made with the old engine, or is that still the new no, 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 engine? No, 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 no. Um, so the Steam release um, was the first. The Steam release was twenty-first uh, of August in two thousand fifteen. Um, then we had a mobile release, which was, I think, October or something. And the newest release is our Xbox One release, which was 8 of June, uh, 2016. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I, that's the one I reviewed. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm getting a bit confused. It's the Xbox version that's the newest one. The other ones were released the end of last year. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, because I've just... I was wondering if it was available for mobile because it looks... I mean, I, I don't want to be disrespectful. The, to me, the the beginning of the levels where it's the full hand-drawn sort of... Like, what I would, it looks like a cartoony graffiti sort of style. Yeah, yeah. To me, I, I think they looked amazing. And I was a little bit disappointed when it went to the puzzle section of the game. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I do understand that to make a level where you see the full screen, you do have to make everything super tiny. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was just wondering, did you guys want to try to keep the bigger art style or was it necessity to go to the smaller, tiny sort of art style with the, within the puzzles? I think the gameplay that we wanted to achieve um, uh, was responsible for um, switching to this uh, smaller um, tile size or generally working in tiles. Um, I mean, production-wise, it's also that in the gameplay levels, everything is, um, yeah, at least the the general shape of a level is um, quadratic. so it's like it's in box shape. It's a tile, um, just for uh, for editing purposes because it's much easier. I mean, then it's much easier to make a level as uh, opposed to having like this big uh, cinematic levels uh, that you described, uh, like our story levels, um, who are there a lot of work to compose um, and to lay out. And for the gameplay levels, we had to do something that uh, they're still easy to make, to test out, to prototype. Um, so, yeah. It's the gameplay that um, restricted us. I mean, we tried. We tried our best. We had, we, for example, we have, we have this effect if you die, uh, you leave a mark and the background shatters and um, to make it visually yeah, no, more no. appealing, uh, we made more, yeah. we made different runs um, to set in like... Light, different light sources, uh, and really to to give it a unique feel. And we have those uh, mind images, which was really um, like these these backgrounds that that, that break off and then re- reveal another image, a uh, background image, or a, a, a simple scene, um, which is like a memory of our char- character, and they are like from this world. From from the from the story levels that you described, um, so we we uh, we also had the same problem because we thought that the levels they were too uh, 
bland sometimes and we wanted to break it up so we had we we, we tried to to establish it or go against it a little bit um but yeah uh, i can see that that's still uh, there's still visually a, a huge difference between those two different parts of the game yeah, yeah i think those splashes of i think those splashes of uh story that you put kind of within the levels they they helped uh kind of keep players engaged in the story yeah. so yeah. that they didn't just get wrapped up in uh, the, the kind of puzzle, if they found it too challenging, they, they were still involved in the story when, you know, it eventually came back to a, uh, a kind of cinematic moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny because um, I think the mind images, there was something that, that we added two months, three months before release. So they, oh, wow. they were a very late addition. But um, there was this point in time where we really said, okay, we we need, we, we really want, we want this, we want to blend everything together, but this gameplay levels, they're just too distant from the actual story. So we have to find something um, to, to, to connect more, yeah? to connect, connect the story and the gameplay and uh, uh, generate the story uh, more um, with the rest of the game. So, uh, yeah. That was really a late addition. <laughs> but I think it really helped. And, yeah. So, I mean, as you were saying earlier on that you were maybe a bit disappointed with some of the reviews that you got with the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what, what were... <laughs> disappointed is, I think, the, the false uh, term for it because... Um, Generally, uh, I think it's it's a, it's a game that raises a lot of emotions and maybe polarizes. Uh, so it's I think good if people have different opinions about it. Yeah, but it's really I mean it was overwhelming that the user, the actual users, the actual gamers, uh, that they are so uh, so positive about it. Because I mean, but, yeah. We, I mean, we gave it four out of five, like, on the score, and both me and Chris, we really did enjoy the game. Yeah. And I'm actually quite surprised that you say people were quite negative to the game, because I just think that this is one of those styles of games that, like, a, a braid and things like that, where they might not sell millions but everyone just goes on about how great they are. Mm. Uh, I just thought this was in the same sort of category as a Limbo and, you know, that type of puzzle platform sort of game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the um, the the player base, or the players who uh, bought the game, they, it's just really, just positive feedback. But I think uh, for the press... They have a problem with this very uh, yeah, unique, uh, unconventional mixture. <laughs> and that's maybe because, and that's maybe the reason why some of the more official magazines don't like the game as much. But that's just something that I would, that's just my guess. Yeah. How, how have you been feeling about exposure? Do you feel like a enough of the press is taking an interest in your game? Because personally, I hadn't heard too much about it before it got close mm. to the time to review it. So, I mean, did you find it hard trying to get it out there into people's eyes so that 
people could see what it was? I mean, we were not that um, not that dissatisfied with the with the general recognition because um, we had like a huge German magazine that made a review about our game, and uh, in general there were a lot of reviews. But yeah, I mean, we hoped that some big uh, big sites would review us, but they didn't. But I mean, it's our first game, so uh, yeah, I, we we had to manage our expectations a little bit. I mean, for sure, our dream was like, yeah, it could be uh, could be huge, a lot of people picking up. But overall, I mean, uh, it's uh, we're we're still satisfied with it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I would say is. Going forward, I would say that the big sites are basically dying. And what you need mm-hmm. to do is just give the game to two or three influential streamers. And mm-hmm. that'll get the game name out there. <laughs> That's what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are <clears throat> we are also giving out keys to uh, different, a lot of different YouTubers, uh, Twitch streamers. Uh, but we weren't able to get like uh, the really influential uh, Twitch streamers, or uh, like we, we tried on the German uh, on the German side, for example. But they didn't pick it up, sadly. But yeah, I I thought well, I maybe it's it's, it's not game. it's not a game that that is basically made for or that's so interesting or that's uh, for for uh, for Twitch streamers. I don't know uh, because. Uh, I mean, there are other games that are really built around this idea of uh, sharing it with the community, and in between it tells a very personal story. But, yeah. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. Well, I think there's the, there's the difference, though, between I think a lot of Twitch streamers pick up games that are something funny they can play for 10 minutes, whereas yeah. I felt that in between was a game that wouldn't hit as big a mainstream audience initially, but for the people that did try it and give it a go, it would mean more to them than a lot of these other yeah. games that get picked up by, by Twitch streamers. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, that's that's a pretty good point, because I think that um, you need to get into the game, and you need to, to uh, really uh, to be with the game, to, to have something from it and in the scenario of twitch streaming um, you you also need to connect with your audience so there uh, there there needs to be really a high uh, level of multitasking to uh, stream in between while also uh, connecting with the audience in the correct way I think <laughs> and you mentioned um, just to jump topics. You mentioned that yeah. you released Steam last year yeah. on iOS uh, last year. You've yeah. had you've just had your Xbox One release. Mm-hmm. Are there plans to bring in between to PS4? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I we are, we are still um, the the project is still not finished, so we are still pursuing. Um, options to bring it on uh, several other platforms definitely yeah yeah 
you know, I was just curious because I, hey, I, I didn't hear anything about it being exclusive, and then I, you know, I looked yeah, it up for the, the PlayStation Four and couldn't find it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, currently not on the PlayStation Four. Any that's, uh, possible date? No date. I I can't give you <laughs> any date. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's it's always uh, for us. It's it's uh, when it's done. <laughs> ah, that's that's the way it needs to be. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. No, I mean we we also moved on. I mean it's our first project that we released, and we learned a lot about it, uh, a lot from it. Um, uh, we learned a lot about how to market ourselves and uh, generally how to create a game in a professional scenario. So we try. We're also we're already on our next project, and so yeah, that's like we're, currently we're uh, it's in between and our next project. So we have two two focuses right now. I look forward to hearing more. I mean, I just want to ask, the next project, will it be similar sort of genre or will it be going something completely different? It will be something completely different, actually. <laughs> so it's not going to be like a puzzle platformer? No, no, actually not. Um, it's... Um, I think what we would define as our company culture or maybe even as our vision is we want to um, generate value or generate a takeaway um, that people have when they are playing our games. So instead of just giving them like just one more simple experience, we want to have something that they really can take away. For example, in between us, you can you can reflect on a serious topic, and you can maybe take away some sort of cultural value or some value for yourself because you have connected with a topic you would usually not really think about, and that's the value that we try to generate, uh, that we want to generate for our players, and that's something that we want to establish for every game that we make. Um, for the next game, it's completely different. It's um, maybe it's it's also because we had like the, I mean we had a very serious topic and then we had the, the strong urge to make something funny. <laughs> so okay. the next game will be a bar fighting game with uh, totally crazy characters. Um, it's a multiplayer game, mobile multiplayer game that you can, um, for example, play on your smartphone. It's real time based, so. Just imagine you're sitting in a bar with a lot of different uh, old and crumpy uh, heroes, and then you just clash together in this really in this complete mashup. So you just fight each other, and it's just a fighting game, uh, where, and uh, it's like a simple deathmatch. And the value that we try to generate is it will be free to play, but it will not have uh, so many items that are just like, yeah, I got my new sword, or yeah, I got my new hats, and wow, now that's it. Uh, it will be more um, more interesting. For example, there will be um, a jukebox in the game. Um, I mean, every good bar needs a jukebox. <laughs> so, uh, and people can find um, music for this jukebox. And this music will come from 
for example, independent music artists. And it's just like you can discover music in this game and you can have it in this form of an item. And if you uh, reach your jukebox and nobody is able to kick you away from it, you can play this kind of music and everyone in the level who is with you uh, or who plays in the same match will hear this music. So you can uh, dominate the music style uh, with, the, the, with your own collection of music that you have in the game. And that is like this one kind of item or that's like one of those items where you think they give you value because they are not just something that is actually just only purely cosmetic item, uh, but it's also not making some stuff unfair by being like a, a, a powerful, glorious sword that you bought for 10 euros or something. Uh, and so that's something that we want to build upon. Uh, another idea is to um, come together with different uh, craft spear uh, labels and uh, to establish like um, that you can collect beer bottles or something from very um, like unique um, and individual um, marks, and just to uh, like create um, uh, this possibility to 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 learn more about the world of uh, of craft beer, for example. But that's just just another crazy idea currently, if that might fit. But that's that's the uh, direction that we're going that we're pursuing and that's the uh, the kind of value that we'd want to generate with this game actually yeah. sounds interesting <laughs> one thing that i would say is it, the first thing that i thought of when you were saying a jukebox in the background when your two characters are fighting mm-hmm. you should have it so when if one person gets hit knocks up against it there's like a scratch effect and then it cuts yeah. to just a random song yeah i think that would be quite funny yeah, it's a good idea. I write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. That threw me. I was going to make a joke about the new game's going to be an in-between inspired cat racing game, <laughs> but you beat me to it. Okay. So thank you so much. If you just want to tell our listeners how they can get hold of In Between. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, you can get in between on um, Steam, on the Xbox Store, or um, on iOS and Android. So it's all on the store. And maybe coming to the PlayStation Store sometime, maybe in about six months' time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> do you have any like Twitters or anything that people can follow you guys on? Yeah, sure. Um, it's at Gently Mad Games. So thank you so That's much for coming on. It's been a pleasure chatting. Yeah, likewise. It was really great talking with you guys. And we and wish the new fighting game as much success or even more than in between. Because to us, in between, I'll be honest, when the, the PR team or whoever it was sent over the codes, I'd never yeah. heard of it. And I saw the screenshots and I was like, who wants to review it? <laughs> um, but I, I sat down and I gave it a, a good few hours and I was very surprised at how good that game was. So you guys are very talented and I, I wish you all the best. Thank you. That's very great hearing that. <clears throat> so we'll be back next week. So thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. See you guys. Ciao. Hey guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you. 
in particular in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.